0: Welcome to episode four of In at the Side. Um, I'm Dom Harbin. I'm joined with regular Neil Williamson, a guest host, our
1: social secretary Jason Kay, and the forward Lewis Ludlow. Lewis, how are you tonight? I'm very good, thanks. Very, very good. Doing, doing well in terms of the isolation, so it's, it's not too bad. Yeah, Sorry, Dom. Go on. go on. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, how are you feeling your days? Are you uh, you still keeping fit, or you know, have you got you got club targets to meet still?
1: Yeah, well, I had a. Um, luckily, the, the week before um, the lockdown, I went for a shoulder operation. Um, as we kind of knew that it was end of season, it's something that I'd been, been playing with for five or six weeks. Um, spoke to head coach, head physio, and the doctor that was supposed to be doing the surgery at the end of the season. And he said that, you know, if, if we can get it done now, they're going to shut the, the surgery where I was going in Cardiff. Um, they were shutting it on the Friday. Um, due to coronavirus um, and they weren't sure when it'd reopen again so th- the idea was to get it done done now wouldn't miss any games um so for me it's just been rehab at the moment doing that at home which is is interesting first couple of days physio came and we did it through uh, my conservatory um when we were still allowed to travel uh, now we're not allowed to travel it's done over platforms like this facetime etc yeah but, but that's that's going really well um so, yeah, just, just keeping busy with that, really. Excellent. So, uh,
0: so how's the feeling within the, t- within the team? Are you all keeping in touch? What, uh, fans are fine about on the WhatsApp groups, I imagine?
1: Yeah, we, we've been set, um, we've been put into teams, um, and we get set challenges for every Tuesday and Thursday. There's Someone's got to do, like, a you know a joke, a fact, and uh, their bio to try and learn a bit more about each other. No, that's nice. That's uh, good. I'd, I'd say, to be fair, we're actually quite a close, close squad now, anyway. There's not been too many... Uh, new guys over the last couple of years sort of one or two each over the last couple of years um, so it's it's interesting even lads that I've, I'd i say I've known for sort of eight, nine years now is you do still find new stuff about them on, on stuff like that which is, is quite cool. That's that's a
0: course, good yeah. thing.
1: Sorry, I was going say that's a good thing with situations like this not just with the with Gloucester
0: with the teammates but it brings everyone closer better, doesn't it and well, I think that's one of the the main benefits from from this terrible situation that everyone's in is that it's bringing you know ironically bringing people closer together in isolation because I haven't spoke to my mother as much as I have done in the last week you know in years but um, but with the COVID-19 um just a quick well, your views on it um do you think that there will be any short or long-term
1: effects on rugby as a whole or the premiership or you know, you think, um, I'm thinking, uh, the, the first meeting we had um, as a team, um, it was it was a very so very drastic what a drastic meeting between the twelve Premiership clubs, while well, the thirteen in, including Newcastle, mm-hmm. um, as to what what could happen. And we, we basically got told that if if players didn't go on the, if certain teams didn't drop the the wages from players, then Premiership rugby would be gone come September. Um, so we were like, you know, when you look at that, you think, "Thus, you know, there's jobs gone. That's my job gone. That's a whole, you know, it's a whole sport gone wiped out within sort of six months. Um, it's not like the the football where you know the money and that's completely different. And I, I you know, it's that rugby is very much a, a team, you know, a team sport run by its fans and and still is, you know. Gloucester as a club we rely on our fans massively um for that turnover as well and you know, the Saturdays selling out of Kingsland um so it was it was quite a stark reality to something that you know you had a bit of a laugh or a joke about when you first hear about it and and what's going on you're like oh that's you know it's just a flu everyone will get it I'll come over here won't happen and then you, you look at where we're at now and it's so, hope. Yeah. You know, time ago. We yeah
0: well it's funny you, you mentioned the, the the finances there I mean Obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm Gloucester-born and bred. I'm a massive Gloucester fan. That's why, you know, um, I think I met you in the hooker at eight previously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, basically, it's it's a case of not so much like obviously your payers, your wages are affected. It's the people that work at the stadium. It's not so much that, but it's Gloucester town as a as a as a whole would massively suffer if rugby was gone long term. You know, and that wouldn't be the only the only
1: town in, in the UK, obviously. No, um, especially especially Gloucester. obviously. You know, you mentioned there are places like Hooker and Eight that get massive footfall on um, on match days and stuff like that. And you, you know, you being around Gloucester a lot is the the town comes alive on on you know those Friday nights, Saturday night games, European mm. cup days. It, it really does make a massive difference. And you speak to anyone that's got a, a local business with regards to you know, hospitality or marketing or anything like that. And those mm-hmm. you know, Gloucester rugby is a huge thing for Gloucester. So that's why it was you know it was such a big thing and it was easy enough thing for for you to sort of sit there and take when that's when you look at that as a final outcome of, of no Gloucester rugby, that's you kinda of can't think that can happen. But they're sitting there in front of you telling you numbers wise that it will happen in six months if you know these things don't get into put into place first. And luckily the government brought out the, the furlough scheme, which obviously helps everyone yeah, yeah. In, including yeah. including Gloucester Rugby, so that, that worked out really well. And
2: I've got a question, so obviously you've seen what's happened with a lot of the Worcester players who now have now been put on the furlough um, list. Is there anything yeah. within uh, Gloucester and the other clubs that are actually following suits or...? Is there any influence of what, what's going on there?
1: Um, I'm not too far. not entirely sure. Um, I know as a club, um, there's certain people in our club that have been put on the furlough um, and some that haven't. I, th- I think, to be with you, it's all to do with what wages you're on and what part of the department you're in and as to whether or not you're still allowed to work because that's obviously quite a big thing. Um, with regards to like some of our physios, they're... There's some physios that can send you stuff, or some stuff that has to be done voluntarily now due to the, the furlough scheme, um, and things like the media manager. Like he still needs to be employed because you know if, if media stops for Gloucester Rugby, then what, what what happens? You know, it's one of those things that at this time there is a lot of people sitting there on their phones, on their laptops. Media can be one of those things that play players, fans can still engage with, and, and you see that you know they're they're running all the the previous games where you know we're winning the cups and that sort of thing. It's it's, it's a nice little Remembrance of what of what we're watching and and what Gloucester done in the past and hopefully what's what's to come in the future.
2: Yeah, and that, and that shows the the kind of dedication of the staff. They're still maintaining that kind of working role, which is great within uh, Glossier, yeah, yeah Just maintaining yeah. that and it shows that kind of that, that that togetherness that we kind of need in these in these times.
0: Yeah. So I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Premiership technically still hasn't been cancelled this year. So. Yeah.
1: No, no, it's still still open. <laughs> Do you think it will continue? Do you think it should? Um, I, I would like to see it... Personally, I think I'd like to see it concluded behind closed doors um, with regards to that, everyone's safety. I think as, as players and as staff, if everyone has fully isolated for you know the proper 7 to 14 days, no symptoms, we can go in and train. There's no reason why we can't then play another team that's done the same. It, it's just, uh, obviously, that m- most people have got the TV now. I know there'll be people out there saying... I can't afford this. I can't do that. Whether they lowered subscriptions to so everyone could watch it, you know, for that for the last six to eight games, whatever it is. Um, but I think you know you, you go into a dangerous aspect of of who finishes where, if not with regards to Champions Cup places, etc. And yeah, such amazing. a thing in the Premiership with finishing money, um, you know, it does change a lot on your position and that Champions Cup. Um, it's, I, I say it's a bit different with regards to the football, you know, with Liverpool only needing two, like, two wins, for example, to win the league, then, you know, they can almost play two games, win it, job done, close it off. Whereas, um, whereas for us, it's, you know, a massive thing on playoffs. Playoff money is huge for clubs. You know, you get into those playoffs, whether, you're, you know, especially you get a home one, that, that can almost make or break what, what you do with regards to your, your marketing next season. So it's, I think they're going down a dangerous path. With obviously, health and safety is the the first priority wherever we are now. Um, so I'm, I'm sure a decision will be made fairly soon because we're now getting into the realms of when, if we do start again, then when do we finish? Yeah. Uh, and that there Potentially could be a few games to finish the season and then roll straight into next season. Yeah. Uh, but how that works, I don't know, because then you've got the RPA that are saying that players need their mandatory five-week rest, which yeah. currently this doesn't count as because we still have to train. We're still being sent stuff to to count. So it's not as it's, it's not as straightforward as it would be just saying job done or, you know, we'll start again next season type thing. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair enough. And, and I mean, touching on, on
0: a subject that's very close to our hearts, um, and obviously, you know, I've spoken to you before about it, and you were very kind to send us a... Support video um, for the cause that we're promoting, which is men's mental health awareness. Yep. Um, obviously, everywhere you look now, everyone is is really, really concentrating on this message, um, realising how important the you know mental well-being is. Um, you know, uh, particularly Gloucester as well. Obviously, with the Be Kind game recently. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which I went to. Um Now, in terms of men's mental health awareness, well, not necessarily just men's, but you know, in terms of the, the rugby side of things, is there does every club have something in place like a support structure if if, if a player is feeling down or if they're struggling or, or is there something like across the league that, that players can to go
1: towards? Um, so we uh, like firstly we, we, we have the RPA who have several helplines that you know they're open 24-7 you can go to whether that's mental health, gambling, drug addiction, anything you know those type of things that Every year you think, well, that doesn't happen in rugby. But, you know, every, every year they come in at the start of the season and say there are this many cases, obviously anonymously. Yeah. Uh, but, th- th- you know, there's there's cases for everything every year, whether that's monetary, you know, mental health, like or that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a club, we actually have, um, so we've had uh, two in the past year. Um, I don't know if psychologist is the right word, but sort of psychologist type people that, Are completely separate from the club, so you don't have to worry about it. You know, a lot of boys would get sort of funny about going to someone at the club if it might affect selection, it might affect how they're viewed by coaches, how players they're they're a completely separate entity whose interests are just you um, and how they help you. That might be, you know, that might be getting over a long term injury, it might be. Your selection problems. It might be tough at home. You know, it's not just rugby. You know, everyone's got home lives. Everyone's got yeah. families. You know, well, you know, so it's that sort of thing to, to how you get through that. And I think as a club at Gloucester, we've actually got a, a real good, a good you know, stand on that. I, I don't. I I'm about sort of being. I don't think there'd be too many people at Gloucester that would have. You know, I think we, we're quite close. Say, quite close to the squad. We're we're very open with each other. We're, we're lucky. <laughs> Our head coach, he's, he's probably the most open bloke there is in terms of how he feels and how he wants us to tell him to feel. Um, there's, there's been instances before where head coaches, you, you know, you're sort of black and whitish, all rugby, rugby, rugby and this it type thing. Whereas now, we're not not just head coach either, you know, with all of them, Tiki. Being a T-boss, you can talk to them about your home life. They're more than happy to talk to you about theirs. And mm-hmm. you're, a, you're a big group of mates. And then it's, you know, you sort of your mates first. And then you're into your coaching a bit second rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Good to hear.
0: Brilliant. And in terms of, you know, obviously with, with being on lockdown, at the moment, what what sort of things are you doing
1: to take your time at when you're not training? Um, so <laughs> I, I live on, I'm probably a bit different to some of the lads. I, I live on a bit of a small holding. Um, so... Uh, the majority of the last week and a half has been doing our paddocks. So rolling, harrowing, uh, flailing, that type of thing. Um, and then I actually, I've been modifying a Land Rover Discovery. Nice. Um, Very which nice. I absolutely dispatched the front axle on yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that a Mark 1 or is that, a, is that an early Mark? 1? Uh, yeah. a 2. So a D2, TD5, oh, um, nice. which I was, I was trying to tow something which was way too heavy. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: Towing it was fine. I was then tried to move it around the corner by pushing it with my front bumper, and the front diff just exploded. Oh, yeah. Wow! <laughs> so like I'll, be, uh, I'll be changing that at some point in the next. I've got a new axle coming on Monday, so that that'll be getting changed over the next week, I'd imagine. And I'm respraying it as well. So
2: well, to, nice. at least I'll be keeping you. you'll have to send some pictures. I need to see this. Yeah.
1: That, <laughs> it, hopefully, it'll be good when it's when it's finished. Excellent! Excellent! I say it's.
0: Uh... A, a vehicle after my art. I've ordered one of them and it's, uh, yeah, it sounds amazing, but they do sound
1: expensive, uh, especially if you're going off road all the time. And, yeah, yeah. If know, you things. doing stupid things, my, my, to be fair, my missus did call it. When I said about what I was planning on doing, she said, You're going to break your car. And I was <laughs> like, No, no, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. And you seen me towing the car back to the garage with the tractor. She's, she knew I bought <laughs> the car. So it was, <laughs> good. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and, um, just,
0: I suppose, more for grassroots players out there, not necessarily, you know, professional or, or premiership players or anything like that. But um, have you got any tips for any players out there that are missing rugby at the moment um, and want to hone up their skills? You know, other than sort of dump tackling the cat, you know,
1: I don't think yeah. that's advised. Um, to, for me, to be fair, like I've actually strangely enjoyed it um, because I was always one whether it was before college or at home, I actually quite like to sort of train on my own. So it was, it's nice to go back to that type of going out to my garage uh, and just sort of doing those those bodyweight things. Everything we've been doing so far has been bodyweight. Um, and not necessarily, I'd say not necessarily doing sort of the, the CrossFit type things where it's, um, they're more geared towards sort of, there are certain aspects of it that are good for rugby, but, For me, it's like I struggled to keep on muscle mass really badly. Um, Rather than doing loads of reps that expend loads of energy, I've been doing stuff where it's like you'd sit in a squat for 60 seconds as a hold rather than doing 10 squats.
2: And the same
1: thing with a lunge, same with sort of, you know, anything to do with legs, that type of thing. I've been all holds rather than, um, like I say, loads of – most you know boys that the big lads or or boys that you know they'd, they'd be doing sort of 15 20 reps of most things to to sort of keep the energy going as well as the legs whereas me it's more more holes and stuff like that rather than because if I was doing that I I'd, I'd end up going back at 90 kilos and wouldn't have a job so it'd be like, yeah with the, I mean,
0: for, explain it for the layman to me. So with the hold, what does that give you benefit of? Is that, is that for building more muscle mass?
1: Yes, than it's, it's more of a, sort of more of a hypertrophy session of a bodyweight style. It's, it's, it's time under tension. So your muscles are constantly under tension rather than the repeated contractions of, of a normal squat. So if, you know, if you're trying to build muscle in, in a gym, you do rep ranges of sort of eight to 12 of a heavy squat. Yeah. Whereas if you if you squat and hold the hold at the bottom for of the, the most tension part for 60 seconds or a lunge, we, we do more a lot more single leg, so a lot more lunges, a lot more single leg squats. Um, you, you do them compared to your double, you know, you get the same feeling as, as that if you're in the gym. Um, a, a lot, a lot of resorts to single leg because obviously there's there's no weights, but unless, unless you're lucky enough to have some sort of weights or you can find anything around the house, then that's fine. But yeah, the single leg squats, you think you would be able to do. You know half your double leg squat, it doesn't work out like that. It's you do a single leg bodyweight squat, you're, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, well, oh, brilliant. Perfect. So you're
0: out,
2: you're out, Neil. You can't, no, just leave us
0: alone.
2: That's it, i will be cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: perfect. So, um, obviously, we mentioned earlier briefly Newcastle coming up. Yeah, uh, now by, by all accounts, they've been flying in the championship. Um, yeah, do you think they're gonna have a big impact on the
1: premiership, or do you think they're gonna? you know, realise the, the big step?
0: That's, that's...
1: Uh, I think, you know, depending on who of their squad goes back, you know, they, they lost probably their, you know, their two best players in in Hammersley and Mark Wilson last year to Sale. Um, whether or not they go back is, you know, I, I could see Mark Wilson going back being, you know, Newcastle through and through, but Hammersley's probably settled in a lot better at Sale. You know, Wilson had that injury and stuff like that. And Sale's back row stocks are ridiculous. Um so I could see him going back, but you, you look at their last season the premiership or sorry, this the, the season before where they where they went to finish fourth, you know, that's that's a completely different team now. Yeah. And I know a lot of the players did stay and you know they, they were flying in the champ. But we, we watched a couple of their games to be fair, um me and a couple of lads went to watch them against Hartbury. Um mm-hmm. and I I you know I know it's all that thing you sort of you sometimes play down to where you are, but it is having been playing the championship it is a massive step up like mm-hmm. it's, it is a whole different it's a it's a different game it is a completely different game playing championship rugby to then playing even the bottom of the premiership because as you've seen this year there is no bottom there's okay. there's a there's a top one that are now at the bottom and, and Exeter and then there's everyone else that can beat everyone else
2: yeah
1: so and and even you know you've seen in the last sort of probably the last two or three months Exeter have been getting beaten home and away and you know, no one two years ago no one said that would happen Next, they have been beaten at home by the likes of Bristol mm. no, no, that that would never happen well it's happened and yeah. you know, those things aren't they're not becoming uncommon which is mm. which is a mad thing Bristol so that, like, that,
2: that, 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 that flows quite nicely as well as what obviously Saracens are now destined to uh, hit the championship um, yeah. obviously they're keeping most of their international team together at the yep. same time, obviously the RFC have cut 50% of the budget towards the championship. What kind of impact do you think that's going to have on, on on the game? A, Is it just going to be an absolute decimation from Saracens or is it, as you say, you kind of play, what, uh, play at the level that you're at sort of thing?
1: Um, to be honest, I don't think many of those boys will play many games. Um, I think with it being a Lions year um, and that type of thing, then a lot of those boys will they'll either be you know they they might play the, the odd game or two against the, the big the big guys in in the champ whether that's you know Eels or or Coventry but you know I can't imagine seeing them Doncaster away on a, on a Friday night in the pissing rain that you know, that type of thing it's
2: but could that be an issue for for the England setup with them not having much game time moving forward
1: that that's you know that's that's the question. I was talking to my dad about this only the other day. You know, it's it's how much confidence Eddie Jones has in them. How much he's he's already told. I, I imagine with more staying, he's already told them they're going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, and and the same with probably Warren Gatland with the Lions. He's he's obviously said that that they're still going to be picked. You know, they're going to be picked on previous form, not this year's form. But then you've got the issue then of Ireland, Scotland, Wales then going well. We're all playing, you know, Champions Cup rugby week in, week out. Mm-hmm. These guys coming in on, on one hand, if you look at it, they're coming in fresh. But then are they coming in rusty? And all you need is 3 in South Africa. And then all of a sudden, it's Sarri's player's fault again, which yeah, you know, not too yeah.
2: But and, you, and you'd hope, and you'd hope, <laughs> yeah. given the level that they play at, you'd hope that the, the rustiness doesn't come in too much. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it is that, it's that big thing is you're not playing many games. You're not getting the ball through the hands, your, your mind's not ticking over from a rugby sense. So, it's, no, it's just that it'll,
1: it'll sort of be that um, sort of black sheep type thing. If anything was to go wrong, or it, it could be the, the first thing me, you're going <laughs> to jump on, et cetera. So, it'll it'd, it'd be interesting to see how, how it, does all, it does all pan out, to be fair. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then, do you think if, if it works out and they still do maintain, just look at give Eddie a chance to have a look at some other championship players who could be bringing through and thinking, the championship could be a good breeding game. Yeah, they have the Eelings and the Coventries, and they're not likely to leave. Could it be a good way of him looking at the next generation and start bringing them in for the lower, lower level games?
1: Yeah, to, well, to be fair, you know, everyone knows what Eddie Jones. Is. He's not afraid to pick, a, you know, a random pick, or you know, I think there was a stat um, that we got shown as our club that he's picked the most people to go into England camps out of any former England coach. Yeah. Um, so w- whether that's you know he, sometimes we spoke to like he's had lads from Gloucester in just for like a day, mm. just go in there and and you know you think you're there and he's like nah. Or we, you speak to Bob, the old Gloucester physio, um, who they have to sort of send the medical records of players he wants to look at, mm. and he said it can it can be ten to twelve players a day that he changes mind of who he wants to see who he might pick in the next camp. That a lasting effect on someone's
0: mental health, you know, players' mental health. No, we're thinking. Oh, I've got the call up. I'm in the England camp, and then a day later they're gone. I mean, that that's a massive effect mentally.
1: Because, yeah, huge. You know, and, and there's there's all kinds of stories about what, what he does in, in England camps that, you know, whether he, what sometimes they he puts teams up on a whiteboard and moving through the session, he's changing the teams and they have to swap the bibs, and which happens, you know, that happens all the time. That like, happens with us. He, he names a team and then but the fact I've seen it on a whiteboard, you know, going out to a session, you'd be start the session, you're like, right, well, that's obviously the first team, I'm I'm gonna be in that. And then yeah. at the end of the session there could be six different players in there. And it's that right. that's all that thing with you know, that that is probably one of the biggest things in rugby in terms of in terms of your mental health is, is where selection where you fall in that selection line for that for that week. Yeah. Um, and I'll I'll be the first to say that I struggle with it massively. If if I don't know the team mm. sort of by Tuesday. Uh, before our day off, then yeah. my day off is not, not a good day.
2: Uh, I, I'm with you on that one. If I don't know, if I, if I don't know I'm playing on Saturday, uh, at least for the uh, the first team of my club, even though generally it happens, yeah. uh, I get itchy and I am start thinking, is it? Am I? What's going on? Yeah,
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what <laughs> team, like, well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong? How's not in the team? Well, I'll leave you alone then. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's> just... <laughs> sometimes Joran doesn't name it until Friday and like it's just you sort of yeah. team run and you're like am I in I don't, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so what do, you,
2: what do you what do you do to kind of help yourself through that because that's going to be a big thing for a lot of rugby players and most rugby players will be exactly the same so what do you do to get around that and to kind of take your mind off things
1: for me is is almost just try and try and think back on on what I've done in terms of you know you, whether have you know, you might have had a bad game, but there's always good parts of a bad game. You know, yeah, that yeah. Kind of thing. That there's all, there is always. You've never had 80 minutes of playing terribly. There's always a couple of, a couple of standout points. Or, or looking at, looking at what you can do. All, all you can do is you know, the decision is going to be the decision. You're not going to change it. It's mm-hmm. then how what, what the next step is. And um, so it's how you then, you go about it. How you, like for us, it's Johan's quite approachable about how he you know he does want you to come and ask him the question um so it's, it's for me it'll be going what, what my approach is going to be either way whether or not it's whether i'm in then it's great you know you carry on if i'm on the bench then it's you know this conversation if i'm completely out then it's another conversation and and then how i personally i always look at the next sort of week after that is what i can do conditioning wise to get back to so to replace the game, you know that's the big thing for me. Replace the game on the weekend, and then and then go again on the Monday. It's just sort of a clean slate. Yeah. yeah. Do you
0: ever find that? Um, I mean, I've uh, we've all been it. We've all been there where you're expected to start and you find yourself on the bench. Do you ever find that Spurs you want that when you do come on you, you have an absolute stormer and then you, you try to prove them wrong to see you know this is why I should have been picked to start
1: with. Yeah, but I've I've also had it where it goes the other way. <laughs> yeah, uh, you find
2: yourselves at the end. Come on. That it's the best thing in <laughs> the world to do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> come on. Got like a madman giving away three penalties, and then they're like, "Well, you <laughs> give away too many penalties." So hey, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's that, and especially when I was when I was a lot younger, that was that was one of the. when we had Laurie, uh, Laurie Fisher, that was one of my. That was when I was sort of breaking into the team on the bench a lot, and it was how to control the aggression, work rate, excitement, into, right, like, it doesn't matter, I haven't got to win the game or lose the game in 20 minutes, it's just, I do want to do, like, sometimes you the best game off the bench, like job. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we have, we take, we take the mick out of Freddie Clark a lot of Gloucester, but, yeah. he came on the other week and got mad at the match after 20 minutes, because he just came on and did what none of us have done for 60 minutes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: it's just like, what we'd asked to do all, all week, we'd literally been told, just, Go forward all week. All of us have been doing. I can't remember what game it was. Now it was we were doing badly, and brought he brought Fred on, and even I was in the game and just thinking Fred's doing well there. Like, you know he's he's going pretty well here. And we finished the game, and Johan always gives a man a match after the game, um, and when he said Fred, I don't think there's one person in the room that would have said no. That was you know they can't be doing that, but yeah, he was just just came on and did exactly. Played his game for twenty minutes. Didn't do anything exceptional. Didn't do anything badly, but just did what he'd been told to do, and it just worked really well. Yeah. Um, I noticed you're
0: you're, you're spoiling the, the shaved head like myself. Yes. Is that is that due to uh, COVID nineteen lockdown? It, it,
1: it, happened, it or Yeah. No, no, it was a um, it was an NHS. Uh, Todd Gleave actually nominated me for it. Um, to be fair, I was getting close to doing it anyway. Yeah. It was. Dom. <laughs> <in my> Dom. <head. laughs> Dom. Yeah. What? Dom
0: asked
2: about the other
0: night. We flipped
1: the coin. Dom's to shave it. Oh, get it gone
0: now. Get it gone. I know. I know. I need to. I need
2: Lewis, to. Get it I think we need tight. to uh, kind of out him publicly and get Dom to do it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you you've got to do it now. I'm also in another I'm group. Sure, I'm sure an Instagram
1: post saying, Dom, get it done, will amaze uh, to. Okay, <laughs> yeah. We'll get that done afterwards. But I'm, I'm also in another group of. Um, I don't know if you've seen it on, on Facebook. It's called the, the Beard Isolation Challenge. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's.
2: Okay, I'm interested in this
1: now. It's um. It started by the the guy who lived in my little village. He owns the garage, um. And they were just having having a beer, and they said we should everyone should shave shave and then grow their beards until the pubs reopen and then go for a beer. Yeah. And it started off as a bit of a joke, um. And now it's turned completely on its head. There's like a thousand members. He's not 15 grand for the NHS. of Gloucestershire. Wow. Um. And there's people with like fully grown beards like shaving them off and starting again is like, yeah. too- shaving their heads I, I, it's mad I mean I I been beard, for, uh, what doing. I've been growing my this beard for i beard for 23 years
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. I love the NHS I love what they're doing and they're doing an absolute sterling job and obviously much respect for them but my beard is staying firmly yeah, <laughs> <yes. laughs> <I, it>, <laughs> this just, same just place like is coming nowhere fresh. near my, my, I've got a five month old he won't recognise me otherwise I don't want to make him cry
0: so sort of coming towards the end, I've got a, got a scenario for you, right? So yeah. You're on lockdown. You've got to lockdown with one player from Gloucester, whether it be past or present. Right. Yeah. You cannot go out the house at all. People are bringing you food, people are bringing you everything. You're on lockdown for two weeks. Who would you least like to be locked down with? Ooh. Least, least
2: like. That went, that went the opposite of what I thought you we were going <laughs> like um, so oh,
1: to say. let's go
2: for the least and the most. The least, I, and least, five, least
1: would be Val. Why Why is that? He's just, he's an oddball. He is, (laughs) he's, bad habits. He is freakishly strong, but also freakishly weird. It's just, is he the
2: sort of one who'd be like, right, today's exercise is I'm bent pressing you, I'm squatting you, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and then, or or he just wouldn't talk to you the whole time. It just sit in <laughs> the room and just ignore you. And you'd be like, it's not well. And, and
0: uh, on the flip side then, who would make it a dream? Who would make it easy in lockdown?
1: Oh, uh, to be fair, Todd. I had Todd Gleave. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a real good cook and he can make really good coffees. Perfect. Uh, perfect. And, and we train together all the time at Gloucester, so it'd be a perfect training partner as well. It'd be, it'd be ideal. Excellent. What more
0: do you want? <laughs> Spot on. Um, have you
2: got anything to add, Dom or, or JK? No, I think that's been great. Yeah. For, uh... One for me. Um, so obviously today um, marks a year since we lost a, a very close, uh, well, a, a close friend to a lot of the cancer research walls and to the Nomads um, in Sean Lewis. So a year marks a day that he, we, he uh, lost his battle to mental health. For you, what what advice would you give to um, a, well, young up coming rugby players and rugby players as a whole on what to do around mental health? If, what What would you say to them right now?
1: I I'd, I'd say that the you know the best support network is usually already around you. Um, you don't necessarily have to go and and find a, a certain certain company or a certain phone line or anything like that. It's usually friends, te- that teammates can be the best best chats and whether that's you know whether you don't have to chat and that's easier over a beer or it's easier over some food or a coffee or or whatever it is then it's it's that I'd say you know don't tend to look too far for it. It's it's usually actually already quite close to you yeah. Strong words and yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah.
0: Well thank you very, very much for your time, mate. No worries. Pleasure. Um obviously we'll clip get this clipped up and edited and um what we'll do is I'll let you know when it's out and about and send you a link to it and uh, Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much, okay. mate. Cheers well, thanks, well. Very much. Thanks, thanks very well. much. Cheers, mate. mate.